Welcome to Training for Manhood, an ongoing exploration and adventure intended to be fast, fun, and formative for guys who desire to be the best men they can. Young or old, there are always areas for improvement, growth, and maturity. We hope you'll pay attention and put into practice the useful advice you hear on this podcast. But remember, the goal isn't just to listen, but to do what you learn. Welcome to Training for Manhood. All right. All right, guys, welcome back to Training for Manhood. This is Dan Panetti. Um, normally, when uh, when we record these, I don't necessarily know what date they're necessarily going out on. Um, but uh, this one I do, and it's going to uh, be released on Memorial Day. And so I just wanted to say um, a, just a special appreciation and thank you for the men and women that have served uh, and serve in our military, and especially for those uh, who have paid the ultimate price and have given their lives. Um, our freedom uh, is because of their sacrifice. Uh, and we tremendously appreciate that in our country. So uh, anyway, for those of you out there uh, celebrating uh, Memorial Day um, and, uh, you know, grilling hot dogs and hamburgers and spending time with the family, make sure um, you appreciate, um, you know, the, the, those men and women uh, that have served and that have paid that price um, and say a prayer for those families. But today um, I have my brother-in-law, uh, Matthew, here with me. Uh, Matthew, welcome to Training for Manhood. Hey, Dan. Good to be here. All right. Um, uh, I wanted to, um, well, Matthew, give us a little bit of a, a background as far as like your education and some of like your work experience, because as we dive into the topic and maybe people have seen it, it's going to be a man and his money. Um, what, what's your background to kind of talk about this subject? All right. Backgrounds, undergrad finance and accounting at the University of Texas. So go. I believe long, uh, I believe in Longhorn. Yep. I'm Hook burn em. orange. Hook em. <laughs> Uh, so went to work in consulting at Ernst & Young for a few years, mm-hmm. then went to work for a client. Then I was able to get my MBA at SMU in strategy and finance. So I've been in the workforce now 25 years. I'm getting that old. Yeah. And so uh, I worked at Dr. Pepper, Snapple Group, in strategy and finance and marketing for 15 years. And now I've been back in, in consulting and work with large companies doing strategy and finance work. Very good. So your your job is really looking at... Um, money, cost analysis, um, understanding the value of things, absolutely, uh, which, which I appreciate. And I think uh, from a personal standpoint, um, you also have an appreciation for uh, the value of money because um, you have a unique personal background as well. When you were young, um, your family had money, we would say. Mm-hmm. Um, and then as you got older, um, your family lost money and you grew up with, with less than. And so you're, you're kind of a, a unique hybrid mm-hmm. of that. I think some people, you know, when you talk about money, they either came from nothing um, or they came from means. Um, mm-hmm. You've you kind of had both. Correct. And I think that's part of what makes it a rich, colorful experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of the things that we went through were gifts. I didn't see that at the time. Yeah. Wouldn't trade it for the world, yeah. just the hard times. And, and what happens when money begins to get squeezed? And does that control you? And how do you how, how do you look at life through the lens where there's not enough money? Yeah. And so it just helps me appreciate now looking back what I have. Yeah. So, well, I wanted to start the conversation with a, a quote from Andrew Carnegie. Um, Carnegie, if if you're thinking, well, you know that name's familiar. Who in the world is that? If you go way back in the mm-hmm. early 1900s, he was the big steel um, businessman. Um, apparently, you know, came from nothing. Steel shot up as America started to build, uh, and he happened to be the guy that you built things with um, with his company. Um, but he said this at the end of his life. He said, "The almighty dollar bequeathed to a child is an almighty curse." Mm-hmm. Right. So, just kind of at the end of his life, as he's thinking about passing on his riches uh, to his heirs. Um, he's thinking about money from this perspective of, um, you know, that that's a bad thing to pass on to a kid. He says, no man has the right to handicap his son 
with such a great burden as great wealth? He must face this question squarely. Will my fortune be safe with my boy? And will my boy be safe with my fortune? And I just thought, that's an interesting concept of money Indeed. because most of us, uh, the idea is we want more money and more money is always a good thing. Um, I think Carnegie kind of puts that question in our minds of, is more money always a good thing or does money really um, not only reveal your character, but in some ways kind of shape who you are? And so I wanted to talk to you about um, just a man and his money, right? What would you say to young guys in terms of as they're starting out their careers, what should their perspective be on money, um, what to do with it, how to get it, how to understand it, right? Think about it. So we're, we're, we're going to get practical, right? But just kind of from a principle standpoint, what, what are your big thoughts on the issue of money? Yeah, we all approach money from different perspectives. It starts with our life experiences, maybe what we saw our families do and mm -hmm. how they were able to handle it or not handle it well, uh, friends and, and those around us. So it really comes back to first principle. And that, I'm just going to talk about one principle, and this is the issue of ownership. Okay. Is the money really mine? Do did I earn it? Did I do all of this? Is it mine to do with whatever I want? Okay. And unless you settle the issue of ownership from a biblical perspective, you're going to have problems later on down the road. Okay. So the issue of ownership is uh, where did it come from? Did I earn this? Is this mine to do with whatever I want? And so uh, James chapter 1, verse 17, it says, Every good and perfect gift is from comes down from the Heavenly Father, okay. from the Father of lights. And so it starts with God's giving it to you. So then if he's given it to me, then I have to be a steward. Okay, so it's this idea of stewardship. So I've been given, whether it's $1,000, $100, a $1 million dollars. What am I supposed to do with it? Um, the challenge is with wealth, it's inanimate. Money is inanimate. Yeah. I, it, it's, it's not going to ruin me. It's not going to overwhelm me with blessing. It can own me, but it's how much possession I give to those uh, that, that resources. Proverbs 13, 8, a person's riches may ransom one's life. Ooh. And so it's this idea, if I don't settle ownership, if I think all of it is mine, right. then as much as I can get, is what my goal in life is going to be, rather than saying I have to be the steward of what I've been given, whether it's a lot or a little or a medium amount. Okay, so that's a principle. Okay, so in, in principle, are you are you saying the idea that uh, once I give, so like from a Christian perspective, once I give like the 10%, then the 90% is mine, so I don't own that first 10%, but I own the other 90%, is that what you're saying? No, 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 that's not what I'm saying. I'm glad you're clarifying it because it's important. I don't just say 10% going to God, all the rest of it's do whatever I want. That's right. not the principle. Okay. The principle is all of it is from God, right? All of it is from God. And everything that I do, I'm a steward of it. Okay. And so giving is a major component to it, just like saving some of these other things we're going to talk about from a practical standpoint. Right. It's all God. I'm steward of all of it. And I just don't get God off my back after I've given him a little bit. That's a, <laughs> that's a good way of putting it, right? That's right. I can't just... I can't just take the 10%, put it over here and say, now I can do whatever I want with the 90%, right? It's your concept, right? And I, I support, you know, the, the idea, and I think this is important, um, is that idea of um, if you've been given gifts, talents, and abilities to make money, um, the idea of being able to make money is something that you have to um, appreciate where that came from. Uh, and those are things that God has given you. Um, and so that that money, right? And we talk about this, your, your time, your talents, and your treasure right. um, are all gods. And so how I use my time, 
um, right? I'm accountable for that. How I use my gifts and abilities that God's given me, I'm accountable for that. But how I use my money, I'm accountable for that as well. And I think that's an important reminder, right? And it's not just, Absolutely. you know, the 90% is mine. I get to do with what I want, but all of it, every, every last, you know, penny, every last dollar, right, is something that you're accountable uh, for. So um, in saying that, right, how does that, um, how does that help me focus then on the concepts of what do I do with my money? If I'm supposed to be a good steward with it, um, what, what does that mean? Are there particular principles that you've set up right with your life and your family uh, to help you say, here's how I steward the money that I've been given? That's right. So let's start with some practical things. So first off, when all of it is the Lord's and it's given it to me, okay. now what do I do first? Yeah. First is giving. Okay. okay. So that's the first fruit, yeah. is what the, what the Bible says. <laughs> there are a lot of people okay. with like, I wish you would start somewhere else. Yeah. We, 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 we start with giving because with giving. that's the first message that I'm sending that it's not mine. Right. It's God's. Right. So the first thing I do is give back to Him. And it's an issue of not how much, it's an attitude of the heart. It's this, this idea of um, giving from a generous heart, not as one that it's just a box that I'm checking to kind of say, God, I've done some good things. Now I need you to give me more of this. So first off is you give. Okay. Okay. So that amount is, uh, from a practical standpoint, I think we're going to talk about generosity a little bit deeper. So I'll kind of save that for, for a little bit later in our conversation. So first is, is giving. Second, save early. Okay. Okay. So, uh, you need to get used to, uh, going from minimum wage to a salary, where all of a sudden you're going from college to now I'm making a whole lot more money. Right. Well, in college, when you had box spaghetti yeah. and you had you saved money and you lived on less, now you, all of a sudden you're given a lot more money to, to handle with this new job, this new salary. So learn to live on less than just I'm going to spend everything that I make. Yeah. So you start early saving. Okay. Do you, have, yeah. do you have a rule of thumb? Um, and, and I know things may change, mm-hmm. um, but for, for your family, what have you looked at in terms of like, um, what's a good principle for saving um, in terms of, is there a certain percentage? I know you, you've mentioned before, and I've heard you say this, right, that you've looked to increase the amount that you give each year, right? Does that, is that same thing with the, the whole saving principle? Do you look to save more? Do you look to save less now that you've got a particular amount of saving? What what does that look like? Yeah, so let's start with a finance concept called compounding. Okay. The more you save early builds massively. Okay? Start small. Money money makes money. (laughs) So that's right. So if you only only make, you know, $100 a month and you can give 10, that giving that 10 starting out, so where now I'm I'm learning to live on less and I'm setting it aside and I save, that compounds. And oftentimes it doubles after seven years, depending on certain rates of return. But then you'll look back and you won't miss it because you never got used to it. You'll look back and say, wow, that thing is really, it's a disciplined approach. Take it out of my account. I don't even want to see it. I want it to go somewhere and invest. And it really builds quite quite well. And so you look back, start now. Don't start 10 years from now because you don't get compound interest. You don't get compounded invested returns. Now, can I just ask you a quick question about saving? I know there's the idea of saving mm-hmm. uh, for like a retirement t- concept, right? yep. an idea of saving so that when uh, you get to a particular age, right, and you can't necessarily work, mm-hmm. um, you know, the, the, there's a savings there. But there's also kind of saving for a rainy day, saving for Correct. when the, you know, 
car engine blows out and say, right. So different kinds of saving. Yep. How, do you, how do you kind of put that in? So let's talk money? about kind of emergency type saving. Okay. So when you're young, your, your hope is to have at least two to three months of emergency reserves. Okay. Okay. As you get older, it needs to be longer, okay. you know, six, 12 months, because oftentimes restructuring and job changes happen. So you want to be able to have that to go to Gotcha. so that if you need to make a career change, then you have some flexibility. So you're not owned by your lack of saving from oh, the last a, yeah. 10 years. That's a good thought. Right. Yep. So that's practical one, set aside emergency savings. Yep. Okay. Then you set aside money for these longer-term things and short-term things. I'm going to get to cars here in just a little bit. Yeah. But if you're in an apartment and one day you don't want to have to walk your dog from the third-floor apartment and you want to be able to have a little bit of a yard for yourself, yeah. you have to set aside money right. to be able to do that. So you need to understand how long do I want to you know, be in an apartment versus maybe looking at a home. Uh, and in today's crazy market, you know, yeah. it's, it, it's challenging, it is. but unless you start putting money away, that hope will never happen as a reality. True. Okay. Uh, so when I look at emergency two to three months, okay. Yep. And then my savings also starts with what my company is willing to do. Okay. Some of you may be just starting in with 401ks. Okay. It's an investment vehicle that your companies provide. If your company matches up to a certain point, so maybe it's up to 4% of your income, if they're willing to match, you definitely max that out right from the beginning. Because that's just money that somebody's giving you. If you have to put 4% <laughs> of your salary into the 401k, they're willing to give you four. Now it's eight. That's all. Awesome. So they've doubled your money right. and you've only had to so put in put half of it. if you put three in, they put three in. If you put two in, they put two in. That's so right. You're, just, you're walking away from free money if you, you don't max That's it exactly right. Awesome. So yep. the, just take that as part of, I, I don't see it. It goes directly into an investment account of 401k. Gotcha. Okay. So when you're early on, you're trying to save more for a car, more for a house. Uh, some of those bigger ticket items. S- some right? of those bigger ticket items, right? And so then you just start putting those pillars of your financial plan in place, okay? Yep. So now let's talk about investing. Uh, you need to invest wisely. Okay. Okay. So I know crypto and, and a lot of these things are super attractive that yep. I can make 10 times my money. I can put in a thousand bucks and I'm going to be a millionaire in a couple months. Uh, you need to understand the concept of risk, Okay. There's there's risk out there, so you need to get a diversified approach. Okay, invest wisely. The important part is be diligent, set aside on a monthly basis. Just allow it to go into an investment account. Diversify it. When you're young, you can invest in more stocks and more risk oriented things okay. than when you're 70 and you're just investing in bonds and just kind of have retirement income. But again, diversify, diversify, diversify. I made mistakes where I invested what I thought were brilliant stock strategies, and I lost every one of them. Oh, boy. Because I was right on the idea, (laughs) except it was wrong timing. So, again... But if you're if you're confident about something, have fun investing. Be wise about it, but don't try and get rich quick. Okay, so so far I've I've given money away, mm-hmm. I've saved money, mm-hmm. and I've invested money. Yep. Right. I haven't I haven't eaten yet. I'm. I, yeah. <laughs> I mean, do, when do I get to spend some money? When do I get to buy some new clothes? When do I get right? I mean, how do I get yep. all those things right? What when do I get to the spending part? Well, again, you get there because if you take this off the table, then you know how much I have left. Okay. Then you have opportunities to really enjoy it. Yeah. Now, if your deal is Starbucks every day and you want to go spend four bucks, I always call it four bucks, not Starbucks. If you want to go do that, you kind of add that up. I think that's the four times five is twenty. Uh, you're, you're throwing out eighty bucks a month just to Starbucks. Yeah. Okay, 
every now but, and then. But, it, but in saying that, because you, you mentioned if, if it's if it's your thing, yeah, right. I think then the, do the it. concept is right. There's, there's then do it. You know, there's a guy out there playing golf every Saturday, dropping a hundred bucks, not thinking about it. There's a person out there getting coffee every day. That's right. Dropping a hundred bucks a week, not thinking about. What I think it's that concept of. Right when you're when you're spending your money, I want you to think about it, mm-hmm. right? Um, but it's also right. It's it's your money to spend. Yeah, enjoy it. And so right, and so enjoy don't, it. Right, don't don't be like the um, well, you know, I don't spend money on that. Well, you spend money on something else, mm-hmm. right? You know, uh, you, for some people, right. it's shoes. It's, yeah, right, exactly. for some people, it's shoes. Yeah. For, enjoy our, for our kids. For our kids, <laughs> it's shoes. Our boys right? love shoes. Now, the, the good thing about the boys is they found. Um, that knockoff shoes kind of look the same thing as real shoes. <laughs> exactly. And so <laughs> they're a lot cheaper. So that principle of yeah. enjoy what you've been given. Exactly. All right. And and don't stre- overly stress about it. Yeah. It's okay to go to Starbucks. It's okay to do these things, but you have to keep it in hindsight. What are my long term goals? What exactly. are my short term goals? Exactly. And, and how do I get there? Okay. Yeah. So so that's a concept. Uh, but again, this idea of investing, um, think about also investing in your education. Okay. When you're young, you may be thinking, do I need to go to grad school in order to kind of get a differentiated, a little bit deeper technical skill set? Yep. So that's another investment. If you're going back to graduate school, that's an investment. And that does show that it has a good return on your investment. So that's just something to also think now, about. Now, that's one of the interesting things, though, is some companies mm-hmm. um, will actually help you go back and, yes. and further your education, mm-hmm. right? So that, that could be something you look into and say, Ask those questions right, of your ask company. Ask those questions, right, is if I want to get more education so that I can become a better employee – Maybe the company is saying, hey, we're willing to work with you on that. We're willing to pay for that. We're willing to do that. You went back and got your MBA yep. after you had been in the work world for a number of years. And I know t- just talking to you, I know a, a lot of young people go from college to get their MBA right after. Yeah. And you would say that, that. No, I would say get a couple years under your belt. You'll have much more context, be able to ask much better questions. You're going to be engaged on what you actually really want to learn because yeah. it's a career transition opportunity for yeah. you to get into a field that really you're passionate about. Yeah. So there, there are some educational opportunities that right after college right. you need to you know, kind of continue. Um, law school could be one of those or it could be something you go back to. Uh, med school is probably one of those that you just mm-hmm. keep on going. You don't go back to med school after 20 years in some other business. Um, but an MBA might be something that you go work for a number of years. And then when you go back and get it, you're a little bit more seasoned and you kind of look at things differently. And, and you know, I know uh, a lot of kids that I work with, they go get their MBAs right after college. And I'm always like, eh. You know, now that you've got a master's in business and you haven't even worked a day, I think it's kind of a, kind of a funny concept. But anyway, but yeah, that's a good thing is, is look at education. Do you want further education and what do you need to do to, to save for that and to invest in, into that? Because you're investing into you. What what else would you say about money? What are, what are things we need to do? All right. So about? one of the last pieces to kind of talk to is limit debt. Okay. Okay. So debt is a great thing. Okay. I, but I, it's also I, a I really like, like cautious thing. L- limit debt. Limit debt. Okay. So you're not saying that. Um, debt is is a sin, and nope. you have to run away from it. There there might be some debt that you take on. Yep. Um, and so, w- what? How would we? How would we look at debt and th- say, I want to be smart about what debt I take on? What are kind of things that you're talking about? Yeah. And let's start with kind of the three C's that I'll talk about as as I'm thinking about if you're just leaving college. Okay. okay? First off, credit cards. Ah, okay. Yeah, so let's definitely start again. With that. <laughs> so. Just for perspective, in the United States, the, the amount of credit card debt outstanding is $841 
billion dollars. Okay. Okay. So it's big. But that's all of us together. Right? It's okay. it's all it's all of us <laughs> together, <laughs> right? The average person has outstanding about sixty five hundred dollars, and the average interest rate is fourteen and a half percent. Okay. Okay. So if you're just average, and I know starting off, you're not going to be average because you're going to be lower. But just think about this principle: you're going to be at least be paying on average. A thousand dollars a year just in interest alone. So just, that's just money that's not getting you anything, but yeah. just barely treading the water. Thousand dollars, thousand dollars, so that you can have a credit card. That's right, right, yeah. And so the idea is credit cards. They're great in flexibility. I could not have purchased my wife's engagement ring if I didn't have a credit card. Okay. I could not have made some of these things that were important to me. So it's it's wonderful thing. So I know there's a lot of people out there who are financial right mm-hmm. advising um, who tell you not to have a credit card at all. Right. Mm-hmm. Their principle is, you know, we don't have any debt, right? We pay everything in cash. Um, we don't have any credit cards, right? You're, mm-hmm. you're saying that some, some debt might be... That's right. Some debt is, okay. is necessary. That's right. Okay. Some debt is okay. We did not have enough money to go buy a home. Okay. So we're thankful that we have a... We can go get a mortgage. Right. Okay. Yeah. And so, again, but it goes back to, I can't overextend or else I'm going to be stuck to that. And right. it's going to be burdensome right. to me. So credit cards, danger ahead. This is what you pay off first. It has the highest interest rate of anything out there. You pay that off first. Yep. So the key is don't spend more than what you can afford. Gotcha. Okay. After you've given, after you've after you've given, after you've saved, then enjoy. But that means maybe you cut out a couple meals a week it, it, just to try and stay ahead of this. So yep. one is credit yep. cards, three C's. Second one is college debt. So I was blessed to be able to go to college. I had student loans afterwards. Yep, me too. So when we were newly married, our goal was to aggressively eliminate that as much as possible because we wanted to get into a home. Okay. And so we made 3x the payments early on. I okay. wasn't used to I used to make $3.75 an hour yeah. and I had a salary. I wasn't used to that. I wanted just to make sure I could get out of debt gotcha. so that we could focus on some other things. So, uh, so pay so those aggressively loans down. If pay it down. Them. Credit card gotcha. debt, then pay off your student loans, and then car. One okay. of the first things I wanted to do was to get a car that was reliable. Yes. All right? Yeah. And so, so and your it was, first car was a Ferrari, if I remember correctly? Uh, my, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't think so. Actually, <laughs> when we were newly married, I was driving my wife's high school car. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> So, and it was, it was great. Hey, uh, I loved point it. A to point B. But, but what you're some, saying is from, from a car perspective, when you're looking at getting a car, mm-hmm. now there may be um, some professions um, that if you're driving in, mm-hmm. you know, to a particular place, if you're in real estate, right, obviously yeah. you don't want to pull up, to, you know. Not in a beater. Up. Right, exactly. Yeah. But you're also saying that um, you may not want to have so much money invested into one particular item into a car. That's right. Be careful of the status symbol of trying to show people that you've got something when you really don't. That's right. Be comfortable with just kind of where you are and the means that you're in. Exactly right. Okay. So enjoy it, yeah. but don't overwhelm it because then it's going to delay some of your other goals long term because yeah. you're going to be having to pay that car off before you can maybe take on a mortgage. Very so, good. So again, three C's, credit cards, college, and, uh, and cars. cars. Okay. And then the rest of that is going to be at pace. Yeah. You can have a lot of the things you want, but sometimes they can't all happen at the same time. So delayed gratification. If you want something, learn to save for it, learn to put money away for it. That's right. right. And so I would just say be patient. All right. Be patient because wealth is accumulated over time. Right. And so good habits of saving more than what you're spending builds wealth over time. So just be patient. Okay, with some of these things rather than the enemy is going to try and say, you need it now. Right. You need this new car. You need this everybody new house. Else, everybody, everybody else, else especially yeah. in the North Dallas area yep. where it's 
competitive and materialism is out there, and it's a real tug at you because the enemy wants to own you with your identity being in something other than what God says. Yeah. Okay? And I'll, I'll say this. The, the last thought I would have on this is as a young man, um, if you're like in a dating relationship with somebody, this is a great conversation to have um, before you get married, uh, just to kind of figure out what principles um, that the person that you want to kind of mm. put your life together and connect with, what principles they have on money. Uh, and it's an interesting thing to, to really have that idea um, that if you don't have these conversations and you put your life together with somebody and they think differently about money than you do, mm-hmm. uh, it can be a really damaging thing in a relationship. So It's one of the most controversial topics in marriage. Yeah. So start early start understanding early, get, yeah. who's the saver, who's the spender, yeah. You know, work with each other, talk through these things, yes. set some goals, but mostly enjoy what God has given you. Yeah. And it goes back to that ownership. He's blessed it. And there's going to be seasons where you get a lot more than what you ever anticipated, and then there's going to be some drier seasons. That's okay, because God owns it all. And so it's it's less of a burden on what I have to earn, but it's what he's actually been blessed with. Yeah. Well, I hope this has been helpful for the guys out there listening to it. Matthew, thank you for your time. Thanks, Dan. Thank you for listening to Training for Manhood. If you found the conversation to be valuable, make sure to rate us where you listen to podcasts. Also, check out additional content on our website, trainingformanhood.com. That's training, the number four, manhood.com. Until next time, in the words of King David, be strong and show yourself a man.